For your protection, please follow these regulations during your stay. Do not approach the lamb with the crown without following royal protocol. Do bring three gifts, each more delicate than the last. Do not approach the crownless lamb. Remember, high fives are non-transferable. And welcome to Mockingbird Labs. Enjoy. Experiment 2A. Ryan's Crush Corner with Ryan McGee. Special guest, Britt Vasicek. Please, enjoy your stay. Hello, everybody listening out there in podcast land. This is Ryan McGee, and I want to welcome you to Ryan's Crush Corner. Uh, I don't know if this is the first episode we're airing, but this is the first one we're taping. And basically, it's a show where I interview girls that I have had or have currently crushes on, and we're here to talk about relationships. And uh, I guess just to clarify, you know, the point of the show is not for me to hit on girls or anything like that. I just want to have like an honest, open conversation about relationships and attraction and that sort of thing. And uh, my first guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Britt. This is Britt Vasicek, everybody. Hello, podcast land. All right. Uh, I guess first things first, would you like to uh, tell them, I guess, the nature of our relationship or how we met, that sort of thing? Sure. Um, Ryan is a comedian as well as me. I'm a comic and so is he. We met at open mics. Um, and I think generally, I mean, we're really good friends. We book each other for stuff. I always put Ryan in all the shows I can because he's adorable and hilarious. Um, and I think Ryan might have a crush on me. All right. What what makes you say that besides the fact that you're on this podcast? Uh, there was the Britton Coleman breakup show, one of the first shows I ever produced. And I had you on it to play music. I don't know if you remember this. And I had just gotten bangs. Ryan loves bangs. For those of you listening at home, he loves bangs. And I had just gotten bangs. Um, and then after your song, I went up and I was like, you know, give it up for Ryan McGee. And then you did not tell me you were going to do this. But you were like, hey, now that you're breaking up with Coleman, I'd like to let you know on this show, I have a huge crush on you. And ever since then, I kind of <laughs> felt like you had a little bit of a crush on me. It was great. It was hilarious. Oh, wow. Well, Do you remember that? I, I remember that now. Um, I kind of I thought maybe you already knew, but anyway. Um, I thought you were just super smooth, and you just flirted with all the ladies. Uh, um, <laughs> that was a fun show. Are you comfortable talking about, like I guess, what happened with Coleman, maybe? Sure, yeah. He was also a comic. Don't date comics if you're a comedian. Just sleep with them, and then never make eye contact again. Uh, that's why Ryan and I can't date. Um, he was the first, um, boyfriend I had after a really serious relationship. And this is going to sound really like superficial of me, but, uh, the sex was really good. And so I was like super into it and I'm non-monogamous, I'm polyamorous. And so I was explaining that to him and he's like, okay, well, I would like everyone to know that we're dating so that I guess it was just so he would feel like less insecure. So that's how we became like, you know, like boyfriend and girlfriend, I guess. And then he started staying at my house a lot because he lived far away. And I was like, okay, well, if you're going to stay over here, we should split rent. And then we like accidentally lived together. And all of this was because he was going to move to LA in like three months. And I knew it was short term anyway. And I was so into that. I was like, yes, I hate commitment. Let's just date until you leave. Um, and then he kept not leaving. 
And so I had the breakup show. So what is it about the, the short term that like appeals to you? Well, I don't think it's necessarily like widespread appeal. Like it's not like I always want a short term relationship. I think with just there are some people like I would like to date for a little while, but I know would not have the capacity to date me for a long time. And so like I would agree to like, oh, yeah, if you're moving to L.A. or if you want to have fun for a little while, you know, just like see another world for a few months. That's cool. But I don't think like overall I only want short term relationships. Oh Yeah, I guess. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the, the breakup show for people that aren't familiar with uh, what that was? Sure. Yeah. The breakup show was um, it had music, which was you um, and Joe Faladori, I believe, did a great yeah. <laughs> that. Oh, my gosh. I wish you all could have been there. I wish everyone could be at all my that shows. Was, was that? It was the Apple. Uh, the Apple he did a song where he <laughs> was eating. It was like performance art. It was really great. I, uh, I'm acting it out, but you, for the listeners at home, you can't tell. Um, it, there was music, and there was comedy, and there was sketch. And Coleman and I gave each other back some of the stuff that we had taken from each other over the course of the relationship. And then he and I sang a song, and I cried. Um, and it was just a, you know, it was just a fun little variety show. And, and that was that was an actual breakup, though, right? Was... Yeah, we were, well, we were going to break up anyway because he was moving. We were, you know, I wasn't that into it. And so that was like, I mean, we continued to sleep together occasionally and like go out every now and then. But um, that's when I was like, okay, get your stuff out of my house. Go home. <laughs> All right. And well, just a side note, uh, I just want to mention what Joe, what Joe Faladori did. He had a bit where he was singing and playing the guitar. Smoke gets in your eyes. Yeah, was smoke. Gets, he was singing "Smoke Gets in Your Eyes," and like after like every verse or whatever, he would like take a bite out of the apple and continue singing the song until the while, whole apple was in his whole mouth. Yeah, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But, <laughs> I was crying. Uh, but yeah, I guess so. Back to relationships. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you, you mentioned uh, you were polyamorous. Were you polyamorous with with Coleman, or were you? Are you? Uh, or did that start afterwards? Have you been already? been polyamorous or yeah I've been I've been polyamorous since I left my husband that was the last monogamous relationship I had and then I had a couple serious boyfriends where I would run into like oh yeah I'm cool with polyamory and then they would totally not be cool with polyamory um when they found out like oh you're sleeping with other people (laughs) like I need you to be my property this isn't okay um and I think Coleman was probably the first successful polyamorous relationship I had so I had like a few like where I was like yes I'm polyamorous and I identified as polyamorous but the others wouldn't really you know go out with other girls or you know they were just playing along because they liked me uh but Coleman was like dating other people and you know I think he and I had a really successful healthy poly relationship so that was interesting I think that I don't know if he's still polyamorous but he was really good at it more so than a lot of guys are how did how did you discover that you were polyamorous well I've always not really cared for monogamy um, just because, you know, I, to me, it's not sustainable because I'm a very busy, like my primary partner is my job, like my work. Like I love producing and writing and art and I don't, I can't give a hundred percent of myself to a guy or a girl that I'm dating. There's no way. Um, So that's why polyamory has always appealed to me. 
Uh, and I think after I kind of got out of the relationship with my husband, I kind of sort of realized that I wanted to do what was best for myself and healthy relationships and not just what was ex- like try to force myself. Um, and there were a lot of swingers in the community. Uh, my husband was in the military and um, he was very opposed to it, but I was very interested. And I think that's kind of where the first inkling of non-monogamy really seeped into my brain. Like, oh, this is a sustainable lifestyle. Like I would, you know, and then it, from swinging, it went on to poly. And, you know, as I got more accustomed to it, like I realized I get to have my alone time. I get to, you know, date people. Um, and I get to have a primary relationship with someone that I feel like, you know, can support me emotionally. So it's been like, you know, a rocky journey, but it's a lot of fun. All right. So if you have polyamory for the, I guess not, you don't want a monogamy, but why, why would you still have, I guess, like a, a primary partner? Is that... Yeah, not all polyamorous people have primaries. Right. Some people are what's called relationship anarchists. And that means that they like highs, cars on fire. No, they don't. Um, it means they don't have a primary or a secondary. They have no hierarchy. They just, you know, they date whoever. But for me, because I... I like I want to cohabitate like I want to live with someone uh, and I want to have a family I want to build like a really strong relationship with someone that I plan to be with forever to me a primary isn't even an option you know like I have to have one Uh, but not everybody's like that and then in addition to my primary I like to like go on dates and be able to have like spontaneous romantic experiences um, with you know people that I enjoy the company of but I want you know my primary partner to know about it I enjoy talking about it with him I want him to date other people Uh, but like I have someone to go home to at the end of the day that I'm in love with, which is nice. And why, I guess, why do you think it's important to have like other people like outside of like the regular, like the primary relationship? You think that's important or? I don't think it's romantically important, but I do think just for myself and, and my lifestyle, like I like to be able to experience like romance, romantic experiences from different perspectives, if that makes sense. Like to me, like I just love, like I like, you know, the first, there's something called NRE, which is new relationship energy, um, which, which you get, you know, the first like three months that you date someone. And I like that. And then when that's gone, you know, and I prefer to date polyamorous men because then once that's gone, like, you know, they can go back and hang out their primary. We can go out to dinner occasionally. Um, but to me, that experience makes me feel like I'm living a more fulfilled life. Like I'm not missing out, you know, I'm just so scared of waking up like when I'm, you know, 52 and being like, darn it, I worked my whole life and I never dated anyone, you know? Because people are so interesting, especially when they're very romantically vulnerable. I think that's when people are the most interesting, for sure. Like right now, with you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Look how romantically vulnerable you are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess I guess part of part of the reason I'm doing this is also because I I don't date a lot, and uh, I have trouble, I guess, starting relationships. I guess I'm trying to see like kind of perspectives on on that sort of thing. Because really, because honestly, like really, I've only had one girlfriend and that was like a long time ago back in high school so I guess like a lot of it for me like I'm I'm doing this to kind of get perspective on things like how how uh so how easy it is I guess for you to start relationships and and things like that um or like what prompts you I guess to to start a relationship with somebody hmm that's a tough question it's different for everyone I think for a girl especially it's a little different to just you know like get hit on and you know men don't have that you know because women are like oh he's probably gonna rape me probably shouldn't talk to him at the bar you know um so it is you know it's a little different I think from a male perspective what I enjoy when like when someone's like courting me if you will I really like very blunt honest like just flat talking to me like I really I don't like pickup lines I think 
you know, that's a ploy. Uh, I don't like feeling like I'm getting hit on because of a physical attribute that makes, that sends up a red flag for me. Um, but I mean, that might be different for other women. Some women just want to hear they're beautiful and that's like, and that like relaxes them and makes them feel, you know, more comfortable and disarmed. But for me, like I, if a guy's not drunk and I can tell like he's not trying to sleep with me and he comes up to me after a set, like at a comedy show and he's like, oh my gosh, like you're so smart and funny. Like I have to get to know you. That to me is more genuine and less scary than some guy at a bar that's like, hey, let me buy you a drink. Doesn't have drugs in it. I promise, you know, (laughs) something like that. Yeah, I guess, yeah, because that's one thing I've always tried to avoid because I never want to seem creepy or anything like that. Um, but I, so that, I guess that's that's always been like a problem for me because like not knowing like how to compliment women, that sort of thing, or like, like people like you that I find like attractive but also like funny and, <laughs> you know, like I enjoy talking to you. I enjoy like having like real conversations that, you know, about comedy, about anything else, just like, but... As far as, like, trying to get it, I guess, somebody that you're interested in, that you want to start dating, like, how do you go about doing that without making it, like, a strictly physical thing? Like, even if maybe that's the way it starts out. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it strikes me, like, you don't really strike me as the kind of, like, go up to a girl and hit on her kind of guy. Like, I feel like you would be more, like, it's someone that you already know and are interested in. And I think, really, it's just, like, the, hey, let me buy you dinner. Like, you know what I mean? And just make them feel like they're being treated romantically. Because I think you come off as like a friend all the time, which is good because you're not creepy and you're not rapey. Um, And then if you want to send it into a romantic context, like then you can take the initiative and say, hey, this is an offer that I'm making. Like we're going out to dinner. I do really like you. Tell me about uh, your family and your mental health history. Uh, And, you know, all the romantic stuff you talk about on our first date. Uh, And then like that can be like your general judge of of whether or not they're they're ready to take it into romantic context or if they want, you know, to stay friends. Yeah. See, I, that, yeah, I guess that's the thing that scares me most is that, you know, there's there's people that I find, like, physically attractive, but then, like, you start talking to them and maybe you're not as interested in. And then there's people that you're physically attracted to and you also enjoy talking to them. And for that, I think it, it's really hard to kind of in, initiate, like, romantic relationship because i guess the friendship is already already there like you already have that and you know the the romantic thing i guess will kind of put that in jeopardy and so for me personally like i i usually you know i get crushes on people but like i usually kind of like shy away from doing anything because i always i always want to see like I, I like to wait to see if the other person is interested and usually i talk <laughs> convince my i usually find a way to convince myself that the other person is not interested so i end up not doing anything um, but Before I guess, you even ask them? Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. <laughs> Have you tried just being like, hey, want a bone? Or I'm no, kidding. I, no, I've never Don't do that. I've that was never, a joke. I've never. <laughs> <clears throat> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like, I guess like even like people that I'm interested in, like I never even like really asked them out on the date. I just convinced myself that they're not interested before like it even gets to that. And that, I guess, probably caused me a lot of problems because I, I, I'm still not sure like if it was, it'd be like possible or not. So, yeah, I think the yeah. default for women, and I can't speak for all women because I have different relationship preferences and the way that I interact with men is a lot different, but I think that the default for women would generally be like not interested because like dicks are flying in her face all the time, you yeah. know, like the general like, oh, like if he takes the initiative, then maybe, but also, you know, if we enjoy someone's company that's non-threatening, we're going to continue to hang out with that person as well. And so whether or not we're interested may not be apparent if you're, if you're a disarming, non-threatening, you know what I mean? Like someone's not pushing you away, but they're remaining in your, in your company because, you know, they feel safe around you. 
and then like you can kind of initiate I like I don't think anyone would ever be like oh like this friend like I'd like to date them I think they have to like have the glasses on you know like put on the romance goggles to see whether or not the relationship could continue in a romantic context now what do you what do you mean like that like how how would like how do you put on the romantic goggles the romance goggles romance goggles. trademark tm uh <laughs> i for me i think it's different for every girl for me it's like this like one-on-one i'd like to get to know you better feeling like going out to dinner like going out on a date um or if like someone invites me to an activity that they enjoy and want to share it with me um and just having that one-on-one like let's hang out type of thing that to me puts me in a romantic context but other girls you know you can just i guess like text them a lot like talking you know that's like a thing that people like texting and getting to know someone that way i don't really know i think i think that every i mean my perspective is different i think that every girl would be different maybe that's why dating is so hard yeah um like when you see a guy do you like i don't i know like for me i don't i don't know i I feel like most guys you know they kind of imagine you know whatever with a woman like when they first meet i guess do like either either dating or having sex or whatever i guess do you ever like imagine that when you first meet a guy just right off the bat or like if i if the guy like if i like come up to a guy and i like immediately i'm like like imagining what sex or a relationship would be like yeah i do that i do all right I do that. Yeah. Like I didn't, I actually didn't, I wasn't really conscious of it until you said that, but I often will like totally negate a guy's come on. If I'm like, nah, I don't feel like he'd be good at like dealing with my anxiety. <laughs> like I have no basis. Like I just yeah, feel like if I had right. a panic attack in front of him, like he would not handle it. Well, I do that a lot. <laughs> and sometimes I see like, Oh my God. If like, there's like a really tall guy. Like I just immediately like am wet and melt. And so I just, like, imagine them, like, pushing me up against a wall and boning me. But I, I don't always pursue that, you know. Sometimes it's just All something right. that I think about. <clears throat> <laughs> All right. I, I, so that's good. I'm not the only person that does that. Yeah. But I wonder yeah. if that's universal. Look how self-aware you are. Yeah. No, because I, well, I do this thing where, like, I imagine what it be like to date this girl. But then I also, like kind of automatically imagine like what breaking up would be like or like imagining how she would reject me or, or imagining like how she would break up with me and that, that that's another reason that I mm-hmm. I usually don't pursue things because I, I don't know but, that's uh, interesting yeah it's like oh she's cute probably not she won't like me is that like, that's awful no yeah so many I mean, girls are missing out on the rye guy because like, he's just like, like oh, it's like oh it's like she's uh she's not gonna be into like the fact that I watch cartoons or, oh, she's not going to be down to, like, I don't know, listen to fucking They Might Be Giants or some shit. I don't You're know. a more appealing man-child than a lot of them. Like, they're, like, I don't think you realize, and, like, like you're still smart, hilarious, uh, not rapey, which is, like, I don't think you realize how great that quality is. Um, you're stylish. You can dress yourself. Like, you have a place <laughs> to live. You have a job. Like, there are other man-children that watch cartoons and listen to indie music that don't have the other qualities that are required to be, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't think that those are downfalls. Like, everyone wants to watch Rick and Morty and get high and, like, listen to some We Might Be Giants. I think that's, you know, that's normal. Yeah. At least for our generation. But uh, I guess another thing, um, you talked about, I guess it's different for guys and girls because girls usually wait for the guy to ask them out. Have you ever, like, asked a guy out or how do you feel about girls asking guys out? I like girls asking guys out, like, as an aesthetic, but I have a, this is going to get weird, I have a gender role fetish. 
So, like, I don't think gender roles are good as, like, a societal structure, but, like, they really turn me on. So, I generally won't ask a guy out just because I don't want to set the tone for the relationship that I'm the dominant one socially, even though I'm pretty socially dominant, because I'm super submissive. And so, to me, it's hot when a guy, like, comes up and hits on me. But for other women who are more socially dominant and sexually dominant, like, that's probably more their speed, which is unfortunate because a lot of women get get treated and get the message that they should wait. But some women really want to be the one to initiate and would be more sexually romantically fulfilled if they did. Uh, but they don't ever feel like they have that option. So they don't explore it. Um, but that's, that's not my thing, but I do like, I like it as an aesthetic, like seeing women, you know, like take charge and be like, Oh, I'm turned on by this person. I feel safe around them. I'd like to get to know them. That's a power that I think women have that they, you know, underutilize a little. Have you ever been asked out by a girl? Yes. Hey. Hey. <laughs> no, but it was. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, but um. No, that's. Yeah. So it ha- it happened. It was actually my first, I guess, shot at a relationship. It was back in sixth grade. Uh, I was living on a. I was living in Fort Knox, Kentucky, because my dad was in the army. It was at a, this intermediate school and. It was kind of weird because uh, there was this girl, Mary, and she asked her friend, who I think her name was April, to ask me out for her. It was it's kind of weird because like I, I didn't really think much of Mary. I mean, she was cool, she was cute, I guess. Um, but I kind of like because I, I I never really talked to her, but I I I was kind of like friends with April, so I was kind of more interested in April. But she was asking me out for Mary. And I was just really confused, first off, why, why Mary wasn't asking me out. So I was like, why? why? I just I just remember repeating why. Because, like I said, like she, she had never really talked to me. And, like, I don't know, I thought it was kind of weird. Here's a hot hunk of sixth grade man. But I was, I was also nervous because, I mean, I feel bad because a lot of it was also because uh, I knew my friends at that time. They, they didn't like Mary. They, they made fun of her because, I don't know, she had, like, braces and maybe, like, messed up teeth or something. I don't know, something like that. I th- I thought she was still cute, but they were like you know they didn't like her or whatever, and so they kind of made fun of her, and so I was I kind of like held back, but what a piece of shit. Yeah, so I feel uh, middle school's hard. Yeah, so I feel I feel bad that I didn't you know take her up on that. Uh, so yeah, could have been the love of your life. <laughs> I met my ex husband in sixth grade. Fun fact: that's where it all begins. Wow, six. and you flourish. That's funny. I was expecting like yeah, like you know, as an adult, <laughs> but it was like in sixth grade. No, I'm trying to think if it if it's happened since then. Have you asked a girl out recently? What are you doing, Ryan? Sort of. What's up with you? There was, uh, yeah, sort of. All right, there's this girl that I've been talking to uh, kind of off and on. I met her when I was uh, studying film production at HCC. And, you know, I, I liked her a lot. But um, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't see her that much. Um but we, we, I guess we hung out a few times and like hit it off, just just hanging out. Uh, but just because I guess our schedules didn't match up, so we didn't see each other too much. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think maybe a year or two ago, maybe like a year ago, she, I had posted, I guess, about some uh, stand-up show that I, that I was doing at, uh, it was at Traffic Lounge, mm-hmm. and uh, she came out. Like I didn't personally invite her, but she came out because I guess she saw the post or whatever. And it must be nice. Yeah. And so like I was real surprised, you know, I I cuz I, I I liked her. I knew I liked her and uh so we kind of so we hung out 
uh, I think we went out that night. Uh, I think we just, yeah, we went out to eat, like, after the show and just, like, stayed up talking, like, till, like, real late. We went to, like, uh, 59 Diner that was, like, open. And uh, so we just stayed up talking. And then, yeah, so we, we went out a couple times after that. I don't know if I went. So some, if we made out once and then some other stuff happened. Not sex, but, you know. But you know. But you know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to. I don't know. But yeah, so like, so there was that, and there was like, you know, there's a strong connection, or whatever. But like, it's just we. I would text her like off and on, and like try to go go out on more dates and stuff like that. But it it always seemed like she was busy or she was you know not doing something. But I always felt like there was you know we had like a strong connection when we were hanging out, and it was like, so I thought it was like I felt more more comfortable that there was like something there than like usually like in my mind I'm like there's no, nothing there. But I was like this is a pretty like because. We had, like, a strong thing. We were, like, hanging out and, like, talking. I was making her laugh. And then, I don't know. I felt like we were really hitting off. But, and then after, like, it would always just, like, end up, like, not happening. So, like, so I would just kind of, like, give up for a while. And then later I'd, like, think think about her again and, like, realize, you know, I kind of miss her or whatever. So I just tried to start it up again. So, like, like I, I've been, I started that again recently, I guess, uh, just, you know, texting her and kind of flirting with her and stuff uh, and just trying to trying to set up more dates or whatever but like it just kept never happening and then you know there's a point like i guess i guess maybe maybe it was ambiguous before but there was a point where she's like you know do you do you actually like want to date me or whatever and i was like yeah and so like i you know i made the decision like yeah like that's that's what i want to do and she seemed to be into it but then like it's still like the same thing of like not not ever happening like not ever meeting up or like you know i'd say i'm free on these days she's like no i was like when are you free and then Mm-hmm. I wouldn't get an answer. I wouldn't get a straight answer. And then, like, I, you know, one time she was like, meet, like, I guess the last time we met up, uh, she was, she was hanging out with their friends, uh, at South Beach. And I was like, all right, whatever. I'll, like, I was nearby. I was like, I'll, I'll go and see her. And, For the listeners at home, South Beach is a gay bar. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was, you know, I was trying to dance with her. I was a little bit drunk. And then she was like, I came here to, you know, to just dance with my friends, not to get felt up. And I was like, all right, that's, I'll just go then. Oof. Because, you know, because that, I mean, you know, because she was seeing a friend from, like, out of town or whatever. So, like, I, I realized that, and I, I guess I was imposing and stuff. But at the same time, I was kind of, yeah, just kind of upset that I, I don't know, it felt, I, I don't know, I felt like it was going somewhere, but it just kept not. So I was, I was just really confused. Yeah, that'll happen a lot. It happens yeah. all the time. I'm normally that girl that's too busy and always doing stuff. And- yeah, I mean, I she had... You know, legitimate stuff that she was dealing with and stuff, so I can't, like, I'm not mad at her or anything. I'm just, you know, just confused trying to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Yep, the more you date, the more you get let down. That's what I always say. I don't always say that. I've said that once just now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess I guess another problem with that is just, I guess maybe you don't deal as much with it as, like, I guess hanging it up all on one person and just hoping this one person will kind of work out and then when that doesn't you don't really have anything else to go back on what's your definition of like work out though like marry or be able no. to go on more than two days yeah more than yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i don't get th- yeah that yeah there's another girl that I, I don't know hopefully she'll be on here but yeah we went on just like a couple of dates and then and then just kind of stop and then she's getting <laughs> she's engaged now i guess oh my god so same cool. you know what i run into a lot is like when i was online dating a lot um, I was between like a couple serious relationships and I was single and, um, 
there would be like a guy who I met online that I really liked and we would go like on a few dates or whatever and they would be like way too into me like super wanted to commit like wanted me to move in like wanted all this stuff for me and I'm like I'm poly I'm not monogamous like all this um and then so I would stop seeing them and then I would see like maybe no more than three months later that they were engaged or knock someone up oh wow like and that happened like five times in the span like it was between like from my divorce to when I did you know I was dating someone not exclusively because I'm poly but like seriously um it was like these four guys that all were like so into like settling down I was like that's not my thing and they're like well I'm gonna find someone who is like I don't care who that's weird I I guess it seems like I guess with online dating like there's there's either people that are like really serious or really not serious but they're all like in the same place like like oral only unless we're getting married (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah I haven't had like really any luck online so far not at all? Not even, like, a date? I mean, I've gotten two dates. <laughs> Online is hard. You kind of have to be persistent to actually get a date out of someone. Because yeah. it's so, like, I know every time a guy messages me, I'm assuming he's just trying to bone. And then eventually, like, after some, like, actual conversation, I'm like, okay, let's get coffee in three minutes. Like, I have, like, a ten-minute window. And that's, like, the only way I date online It's like, super spontaneously. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm not good at writing online, like, messages people especially like if you don't know them because mm-hmm. i don't know there's just like so many ways that you can approach it yeah you're like a friends first kind of guy yeah so like i can't i don't know so wait i guess what messages have you gotten that you thought worked or that... oh my god oh i got a new phone on my old phone i had a bunch of screenshots of like <laughs> i mean I've, I've seen screenshots of bad bad screenshots but like what are, oh like good messages yeah, that good work messages that, that like are not creepy and just like stupid there was um Normally, I like it when they start with an invitation, like an action, like let's go get coffee or like, uh, like, what are you doing tomorrow? Like stuff like that. I like just because I'm a very like I'm not like a stay home and cuddle and watch TV kind of girlfriend. Like I like going places and doing stuff and like working with my partner. Like so for some reason, it really like turns me on when a guy just like is like, okay, like let's meet because also I don't like, you know, messaging back and forth for like six days and then you meet the guy and he's like a jerk. You know, and he was just playing the whole time. So I really like it when people ask me out first. Right. Yeah. I don't like compliments on the first message. Seems needy. Like, ooh, dim titties. No, thank you. Seems a little forward. Because then I know they're just looking at, at my body or my face. You know, they're not reading my, my profile, which is very well put together. I'm very articulate. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like that. Older guys I like a lot. Old girl, them words. Them words you put together. <laughs> Like the way you put together them sentences. Mm-hmm. That's what I could use. Mm, that syntax. Mm. <laughs> and I have filters set up on my OkCupid okay that's like older, taller, within the <laughs> loop. Like it's very specific. So you have to like really like go through a lot of hurdles to get to the to the first aid. And then they're like, I'm monogamous. I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> it's such a crapshoot. Are you, are you picky? Do you think, like, I guess, like physically... I'm not super physically picky. I'm more, like, intellectually picky. Like, if someone, like, shit talks gay people on a first date, which happens a lot for some reason, like, I'm like, okay, bye. Like, (laughs) you know, like, little stuff like that. Uh, I do, like, more physically dominant men that, like, you know, like, I can tell that they 
could handle me in the bedroom, I guess. You know, like all the symptoms of testosterone. Because I'm a masculine, I'm a big woman. For the listeners at home, you know, like I'm tall and I'm wide and I'm like kind of butch. I have a little bit of a mustache. I don't shave my legs. Uh, So the more masculine a man can be to like offset that. So I feel like a lady in bed, the better. So I like that. But I won't like, you know... I won't reject a guy because I don't find him immediately attractive. Like I'll, you know, if I, if I, if I feel like he's smart enough and conversational enough and dominant enough, then I'll like give it a try. Never say no to free dinner, right? <laughs> free drinks say no to They're probably drugged. That's a good, uh, that's a good rule to live by. <laughs> yeah. I guess the, the last thing maybe that I want to talk about is just, uh, maybe not the last thing, but one thing I want to talk about, I guess is, uh, one thing I, ha- I guess I have a problem of making, making judgments based on irrational thoughts. Like I said before about like, you know, just fantasizing that, you know, somebody is not attracted to me or that they'll reject me or whatever. And so that kind of keeps me from moving forward with somebody. I don't, do you ever deal with that or? I do. Yeah. I do that a lot. Actually. Sometimes I will estimate their like emotional capacity to be polyamorous um, which I mean with my primary now, I was very surprised cause I really liked him a lot and he was very monogamous and not into it. But then, you know, like, because like we were, you know, falling very deeply in love, like he was making a lot of sacrifices. And then like, there was like this threshold that we crossed where like he was the, you know, perfect poly, you know, everything that I've wanted. Um, and so I feel like since then I've kind of loosened up a little on that. But before that, I would just see a guy and be like, okay, he doesn't look like he could be, you know, in an open relationship. Like he looks like he'd be very possessive. Or if I have like one conversation with them and I'm like, um, yeah, I don't think that like you're self-aware enough, you know. But I think people get surprised, you know. I think that I try to remain as open as possible now because you can't have pleasant surprises. And sometimes that's the most fulfilling relationship, you know, because hmm. when you thought this wouldn't work out. And then you're like, Oh my gosh, like it's a gold mine. He, can you talk a little bit more, I guess what it takes to be poly, I guess. Cause I, I obviously like dealing with jealousy and that sort of thing. So how do you find out if they're ready for that? Well, I think most of it is there's two things. There's possessiveness and insecurity. Um, and those are at the top. And then from that comes like jealousy and, um, you know, like, texting all the time and being, you know, super, you know, uh, feel like you own someone, you know? Um, so some people can't be poly because they're too possessive when they're with someone, they say like, I want only my dick to be inside this person. I want only my dates to be the one that they enjoy. I want only my shows to be the ones they watch, you know, like, and they want to like build this world for that person. Um, and so if someone's like that monogamously, they're never going to be able to be poly because they can't break past that someone else can, can enjoy your partner and your partner can enjoy happiness somewhere else. And then the other one is insecurity, um, which is normally the number one reason that people can't be poly. Uh, insecurity will, um, produce FOMO, which is fear of missing out. Um, so it may not even be like, I don't want another dick in my girlfriend. It could just be like, Oh, they're having great sex and I can't be a part of it. Um, and also just, you know, like, I don't want you to, to meet someone that's better than me and leave me, um, which is what my primary partner was really worried about. But when you love someone and you, you know, you want the maximum amount of happiness for them, then you let them seek that out. You know, like time and time again, I'll go out on dates with guys and my boyfriend looks so much better by comparison and I fall deeper in love with him. But for a guy that's really insecure, they can't see that side of that because they, all they feel is, oh no, I'm going to lose them. They're having more fun. Like that guy's, you know, taller, better, bigger dick, all that stuff. 
Um, so I think it takes a lot of confidence and a lot of, um, I think just genuine like self-awareness about what a human being is, you know, no one's your property emotionally or sexually or otherwise. So once you kind of open up that, that window where you're like, okay, I don't own this person. They give me their time when they want to, how they want to on their terms. Um, and I'm going to do the same to them. Then you can kind of be more poly hmm. or you can just be fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. You brought that up. Cause yeah, just, just, just earlier today I was listening. I don't know if you've heard it. It's a song by Weezer called, uh, I think it's no one else, but yeah, it has a, a line. It's like talking about it's like, uh, yeah, I want a girl who will laugh, laugh for no one else, and like all this other yeah. stuff. And I used to like really like that song. I mean, just because I, I I like Weezer, and but yeah, just listening today, I was just like, man, this, this is like a really possessive idea of women, and I can't yeah. enjoy it as much now. And but yeah. yeah, I feel like I guess that's yeah, in monogamy. It seems like that's almost like a kind of I don't know. That's like I, I guess maybe not a big part of it, but it's like kind of ingrained in like mm-hmm. at least somewhat part of like the, the monogamous culture is like yeah like youtube like belong together and like mm-hmm. yeah you're the only one and that's all yeah. the, that's all the songs it's yeah. hard for me to listen to a song <laughs> now love songs because it's yeah. always like you're the only one i want you're the only one i ever need like and it's like that's not true you have other needs to fill you're gonna go flirt with a secretary and not tell your <laughs> wife about it i promise you <laughs> like it's gonna happen yeah. hope you maybe you won't bend over desk and fuck her but you're still gonna flirt with her and that's emotional you know like it's still even if you don't believe in like that possessiveness like that temptation is going to be there and do you want to be dishonest with your partner about that or do you want to be able to be like there's a super cute secretary that i'm into like yeah yeah because that's that's another thing i notice i guess about myself because i'm probably probably too insecure for polyamory but just being able to admit to myself that you know there's obviously like multiple people i'm attracted to like even if i was dating somebody it's like it's not like you're no longer attracted to other people. I mean, obviously, like, maybe you won't pursue, you know, relationship or whatever with other people, but just being aware that it's there yeah. is, I don't know, something. And it's, you know, as as long as it's true for you, you know it's true for your partner and other, and I guess just dealing with that kind of, I don't know. Yeah, relationships are hard. I don't think Polly makes it any easier. I think, if anything, there's more variables. So it's like, ugh, but I love being busy. <laughs> Don't take a nap, Brit. You'll die. <laughs> the world will fall apart if you stop doing things. No, I think it's I think it's fun. I think it's important to be like honest with yourself. I don't think everyone's poly. There are people that are just yeah. monogamy minded, and I respect that a lot because it's so much easier to like function when it's you know when you don't have that judgment and that extra like step. Like they're monogamous. Like there's a monogamous guy I'm seeing right now, and I'm like. Oh, I'm so into him and I like him so much, but he just can't do poly. And it's like breaking my heart. It sucks. It's like, I'm not going to leave my boyfriend for some, you know, not douchebag, but. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, let's see. Is there, is there anything else you want to mention plug? I don't know when this is going to air, but. Sure. Um, I have my own podcast. It's called poly want a podcast. Poly want a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had a live show recently with a live Q&A where people that were monogamous got to ask questions. It was so much fun. Um, we put out episodes once a month and we talk about polyamory. Um, we interview poly people and ask them about you know their perspective. We interview monogamous people that have dated poly people or are interested. Um, and it's been really fun. And there's not a whole lot of polyamory resources for my for like millennials. You know, it's either you know these older married 
opening up their relationship people um, that are like trying swinging and poly uh, or it's, you know, people that are actually stereo monogamists and just sleeping around and kind of saying like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm totally poly, um, which I run into a lot and frustrates me. <laughs> but there's like, there's an actual like group of people, you know, in my age that are genuinely committed to polyamory that don't have like anything that reaches out to them that can educate them and support them and help them. Um, so the podcast is kind of a way to like make it consumable and concise and like, Hey, there are other people, all these perspectives and everybody is different. Every polyamorous relationship is different. Anytime you have more than two people, like things are always going to be strange and different. Um, so it's really been interesting to talk to people about what it's like for them, their multiple partners, their boundaries, queer polyamory, asexual polyamory, you know, stuff that you don't get to see all the time. And then you can just make it available to everyone to listen to. And it reduces the judgment, you know, of like, oh, you're just sleeping around. Hell no, nah, listen to my podcast. I got a whole career. <laughs> I have a boyfriend. I have a life. That's my biggest project right now. And then, you know, my shows. Who knows when this is going to air? There's a show every weekend, just like me on Facebook. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you once again, Britt. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is so fun. Hope you get laid, man. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll just end it on that. Thank you for being a part of the Experiment 2A, Ryan's Crush Corner with Ryan McGee. Your comments are valuable to the success or shelving of this experiment. To leave comments and opinions regarding this experiment, including listing any physical or metaphysical side effects, please leave a comment on iTunes or email us at mockingbird.network at gmail.com. You may also comment on the contact page at mockingbirdnetwork.com. Thank you, and have a nice day. Mockingbird Network. The more you date, the more you get let down.